There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, welcome to the next edition of the Yonko table. And surprisingly, I'm your host again. This is Grandmaster Hoop, Yonko member of the table. And goodness, I these hosting duties are rare for me, but I'm going to make the best out of them. And that's okay, but with me as always is my fellow Yonko status member, uh, Dr. Jace Attorney. Dr. Jace Attorney, you awake over there? I know it's early this Sunday morning. I am totally awake. I am energetic as ever. And uh, I'm excited about today's topic. It's, uh, it's definitely into... <laughs> new territory that we usually don't go over here on the Yonko table and who knows maybe we might see this become a norm and uh but yeah I mean I, I I'm excited what are we talking about today uh, you know funny enough I feel we talk about these in conversations in person just we haven't brought it to the podcast but we are very opinionated on this today we're just gonna go ahead and cover the recent uh release of Cruella Disney's Cruella and we're going to just, you know, give our brief overview of our thoughts on the film. And then uh, we're going to expand into talking about just the Disney live adaptations as a whole. Because this has been something uh, brewing at Disney since I want to say like around 2010, 2010s and now on. And I think it's time we weighed in on our opinion because I believe, you know, as children of the 90s, we are very opinionated about these adaptations and i think we have a lot to say so uh i think there's a demographic out there that might want to hear us so a little switch up yeah a little switch up um so i'm excited to talk about this and um you know what is a yonko table recording without other guests to join us so uh we also have some supernova guests here along for the ride who also want to speak on uh the topics of today uh, first up, uh, welcome back, Dars. Your first season one episode. How you feel, Dars? I'm feeling great. I have a lot to talk about, and I'm really excited that we're diving into this ca- this category. Cool. I know. Yes, I know you're a big Disney fan, uh, like myself and Dr. J. So I'm glad you uh, found time this Sunday morning to come join us. Thank you, Dars. And then Rose the Crafter coming back for. His second appearance in season one. I guess he's mighty hungry. Rose, how you doing this morning? Doing good. Looks like I wanted to get breakfast this morning because I'm here at the table. So All right. uh, diving into uh, some new realms of topics. Let's let's go. I'll be nope. objective, but as um, opinionated as possible. All about balance. Balance. I like that. And I think <laughs> I think we'll be uh, going back and forth here a little bit with uh, today's topic. Uh, I know these films are kind of divisive as far as, you know, the original fandom goes and who these films are supposed to cater to. So I imagine we'll have some good back and forth, some good give and take. Uh, But, you know, at the Yonko table, it's all about hearing one another and building our perspectives 
when we leave after being fed. So, you know, without uh, without further ado, let's uh, get into it. So what brought us here? What brought us here? And again, I didn't think this would bring us here, but here we are. Uh, I believe uh, last week or last Friday, we had the release of Disney's Cruella. Cruella and... Deville. Cruella Deville. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually really happy. Like I'm, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about Cruella, and to be honest with you, I'm like, oh, okay, like I don't know if this is gonna like really do that well. And literally, from every person that I've talked to, like, oh, you know, Cruella surprised me. It was really great. And I'm like, wow. All right, I gotta give it a shot. And that's what I told Dr. Jace because he was skeptical about doing this. And I said, well, he said we should have done it uh, right upon our release. But I wasn't excited to watch Cruella. I really wasn't. Me neither. Um, I had to I had to make my way around and finally sit down and watch it. I, I, I stumbled on it by too. accident, too. Like, I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I didn't accident. even know it was out. When I accidentally was... dropped 30 bucks on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh, yeah, we definitely dropped 30 on Disney+. Yeah, that's how I. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's how you stumbled. You stumbled by accidentally paying the legal way. Yes, of, yeah, course. of course. That's exactly. Only way. Or the movie theaters, because movie theaters are now open, and that's a whole topic for a different discussion. But I'm like, I'm actually excited that movie theaters are opening up again. I, I'm excited too, but I had opted to go watch A Quiet Place over Cruella. Uh, but I still ended up paying thirty dollars regardless. Take, did you enjoy A Quiet Place too? I did enjoy A Quiet Place too. All right, that's uh, it. We that's not the topic for today. That's it. not the topic. That's not the topic. <laughs> yes. We're here to talk about Cruella, and um, as Darce was mentioning, I think it really did get really good word of the mouth. Uh, probably more than I've ever heard for these. Well, the Disney live action films are a weird territory. I think they do get positive buzz, but as far as the Disney Plus releases, I feel people are more skeptical on whether or not to invest that $30 into watching this movie but this one I definitely heard nothing but good things so yeah I think to be honest with you I haven't I, this was the first Disney Plus premiere uh, membership thing that I bought you know I didn't uh, purchase any of the other ones and then when we started talking about Cruella and I heard such a big buzz about it I'm like all right, I have a whole home theater here at the house. Might as well, you know, put it to use and get some Cruella time. It might as well indulge. So I'm, I'm already hearing kind of y'all's thoughts. I feel. Um, let's just go ahead and open up. What are our overall thoughts? Did we enjoy the film? What did we like about it? What was the standout moments for us? I, for one, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought, as far as these adaptations go. It was more original than what we've seen. Uh, they took, you know, the well-known character of Corella and they made it their own story. They made their own story because before all we knew, I mean, I just rewatched the animated film In the animated film. Literally, they don't even say how she knows uh, Anita and the family of the Dalmatians she just comes in and she loves fur. She wants a fur coat. And so... I'm glad they took a different route. I'm glad they gave us more backstory. And even I also just watched the live action one too. She's just a fashion designer obsessed with fur. I like that they didn't go that route. And I'm glad they gave it more character. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I read the 101 Dalmatian book as a kid. I think she just liked fur. <laughs> that was the big thing. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep going back and forth. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna, I feel like I'm gonna build a foundation. For the new Cruella. Yes, yes. So I'm just gonna say it was good. It's worth the watch. I think Emma Stone did a great job. Emma Thompson as well. Mm-hmm. I think the whole cast was really good. And I like their originality. And I'm gonna let y'all build it from there. So uh, anyone could go ahead and pop in. Let's build it up. I mean, I don't know if there's any dissenters in here. Uh, I can I can jump in. Um, just to not di- we'll dive deeper into the topics of it, but yeah, um, from course. a standpoint of just watching it as as a moviegoer and just interest, um, I didn't have much interest in it at all. Um, and kind of stumble, kind of not stumble, just decided to sit down and watch it um, socially. So uh, in a social setting, and I was entertained. And at the end of the day, I was entertained. And kind of the same beats that you brought up is the same thing I felt too. Is that I mean, the character itself very one-dimensional and controversial and the fact that she wants to skin puppies, right, and dogs. Mm-hmm. But the story, like, the acting was the acting was great, in my opinion. It, it, it captured my attention. I think Emma did a, a phenomenal job. Um, and I think just the, the dynamics between characters were great. And it was entertaining. So I was just sitting in my seat watching it. And by the time it ended, I was like, hmm, I enjoyed it. That's it. So to me, it's good, uh, and I think it's worth sitting down and watching this point and just kind of making your own decision. But I love—I actually love the fact that they kind of deviated from what we expected it to become um, at the end, what we expected it to be. So I love the fact that they went original with it. I feel like that's the only way they can go to be successful in this particular case, and we can talk deeper about that. But overall, good film to me. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, I I really did enjoy this Cruella version. And like you said, Cruella was very one-dimensional. It was like, I like fur. Look at these Dalmatians. Spots. And so she went and she wanted to skin the dogs and make a fur, a, a fur coat out of it. And, you know, like, I was very, you know, skeptical. I'm like, all right, how are they going to take someone who's, like, so... PETA unfriendly and make it like, you know, such a, an interesting backstory. How are you going to, you know, get that backstory and dive into why she is the way that she is? Um, and you know what? I, I gotta say, I really did enjoy this because it was, it was very, um, I don't know, like there was just so much fashion. It was glamorously shot. You know, all of the fashion pieces were awesome. Emma, the whole cast was great. Not only just the two main characters of the Emma's squared. Um, but you also have the um, her sidekicks and Jasper and Horace. Yeah, so great, so greatly casted. I loved it. Um, but the whole movie as a whole, I I really did enjoy. Um, I loved getting to like understand the reasoning on why the Dalmatians, right? And um, it was just it was it was great. I very much enjoyed it. We'll get deeper into it later, but yes. Little Devil Wears Prada. Um, That's what I was thinking. It was a Disney Devil Wears Prada. Very, very much, yeah. Devil Wears those same vibes. Though I think, I think, uh, for those who who have seen both movies, I think uh, the Baroness is a little worse than uh, our girl uh, Miranda in Devil Wears Prada. As far as we know, yeah, just a little bit. I I think there was a lot of inspiration gathered from uh meryl streep's oh for sure there's no way there's no way you don't play a fashion icon and not cite devil wears prada no way uh dr jace what are you uh, are you are are you a dissenter here no no i 
I, I, I did like the movie. Um, it's funny because the way that I learned that the movie was even out was kind of through like a negative means because, you know, I was going through social media and uh, people were blasting the um, the uh, the parent death origin story with Cruella. Wow. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, that that is so silly. That's crazy. Why is this her hate for Dalmatians? And, you know, I. I, I saw that and I'm like, oh wow, that the rest of the movie's probably dumb. But I gave it a watch and I, I felt like that scene was, yeah, it was silly, but I felt like people sharing that around and just saying, oh, look at this one scene. It's it's uh, the rest of the movie's just as silly and dumb. I felt like that scene kind of did it, you know, it didn't do it enough justice because I think it had enough redeeming qualities where I'm like, okay, yeah, that was kind of dumb, but. Everything else, I, I liked Emma Stone's performance was spot on. Um, spot her, on. Uh, what, what were her two hooligans names again? Jasper and and Bloxham or no. oh, Jasper and Horace. <laughs> oh, I think I was going into Little Mermaid. You were. Jo- Jess, was it Jasper and Flotsam. Jetsam? Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. That's right. But yeah. Um, I, I loved her two little goons. I, they had a lot of character. I liked, uh, um, not Jasper, uh, the other one. He was always like, what is the angle? What yeah. is the angle on this Horace, one? Horace. Horace. Uh, yes, I like that. He was good. Uh, I believe his name Paul Hauser, I believe. Paul Hauser. Uh, have you ever seen, um, I know, uh, Rose the Crafter. Paul Walter Hauser. He's uh, been in uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, and some yes, other. He was also in that movie. Uh, I didn't see it, but I know they talked about it a lot um, about the bomb in Central Park. Yeah, the Clint Eastwood film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Jewell, Jewell, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So he's he's on the come up too. So he, I think he got the third amount of praise as far as acting goes in uh, the movie. So yeah, I like him. He's funny. He was good. Yeah. He was. He was. And uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess I, I saw it as like an interesting uh, kickoff point uh, or a launch point for a vi- live action villain cinematic universe. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> maybe not in the sense that they're all connected, but I think Disney, I would like to think Disney would be more brave with some of these movies, like try to be more original, uh, kind of like in vain of like Maleficent where she was such like a blank canvas that we didn't really know that much about her. And then Disney came in and, you know, uh, they casted Angelina Jolie, another big name star. And I I haven't seen the second Maleficent, so I can't speak on it. But at least the first one, I enjoyed that movie, you know, to to a degree. It wasn't like if I was going to compare the two, I loved Corella way more than Maleficent. But uh, um, that gets into... uh... We're gonna get into that territory as far as the oh know, yes yeah like the blank canvases of the villains and whatnot, but um now that you mentioned you know um uh, I guess you mentioned one of my questions the ranking uh where does this stack up for y'all as far as these live action adaptations is this one of your higher rated films or does it fall below the radar I know again we probably should do a whole podcast on this list of where these films rank but where do you have it kind of leaning towards the top of your list or the bottom tier of your list 
now when you say like the other li- like do you mean like all of Disney's live action category? Any like any live action remake or adaptation. Yeah. So you uh, the earliest one I could think of was the original 101 Dalmatians with okay. Glenn Close. So everything's fair game. As long as it's a remake of an animated product of Disney essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. So no uh, Enchanted. No Enchanted. Enchanted <laughs> okay. is completely original. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. I would have to take a deep dive and, and think about it, really. But off the top of my head, it's definitely leaning more towards the top. Okay. Um, when I go through the quick discography in my head, um, yeah. or the quick videography, or whichever one, I'm using that word. Mm-hmm. But it's near, the, it's near the top for me, based on execution and based on the fact that we're alluding to, but based on the fact that they took that canvas and they did something different with it and kind of didn't go where everybody thought it would have went and kind of a lot of people were mad that it, it would have went that way um and still can technically but we can talk about that later so it's up higher for me um it's hard to say best yet because i have to go back and look at all the live adaptations that i've seen so but it's up here i haven't seen all of the live action films from disney's catalog um i've only seen aladdin and i think jungle book Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm I'm really behind. I mean, I I have Lion King right there. Like I could literally just watch it right now. I just I don't know. <laughs> I have to be motivated to do it. Um, but like aside from those two, oh, and then Maleficent, and I mean, obviously I, it's been years since I watched it. But I did I do remember seeing both of the uh, original live action, um, 101 Dalmatians. Because mm-hmm. right, they, they, they made two of them. They made oh two. yeah, they did have a sequel, one hundred and two yeah. Dalmatians. Yeah, right. Forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, based on that, I mean, for me, out of the small catalog that I've seen, Jungle Book is at the top for me. Um, and I would say Cruella is kind of close up there. Like it's 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 a solid number two from what i've seen like it it does have the potential to be up there with my take on jungle book uh but i i just remember really walking out of there and i'm like wow jungle book was really really good um and then and then they made the 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 second live action adaptation and that was doo-doo that one was yeah. bad are you talking about oh he, he, no you it was mowgli I, I yeah. know i know yeah it was yeah. the mowgli movie I'm like, yeah. oh my god, don't do this again. Gotcha, not. Nah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how it is for me. Um, uh, oh, oh, and Aladdin, Aladdin. Oh man, I loved Aladdin, but Aladdin was. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm talking about the original Aladdin, not <laughs> not the live action one. The live action one, I was just really bored. I don't know. It just. It didn't sell me. Speechless. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Don't bring no. that up. Look, Do that's, not. Our, that's that's our next topic. That's our next topic. All right. So, All right. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead, Dars. Where where are you leaning, Corella Torres? So I actually have not seen most of the animal remake movies, other than Lion King. I haven't seen Jungle Book, Dumbo, or Lady and the Tramp. Um, you'll be okay with some of those. You'll be yeah. okay with Lady and the Tramp. I'm gonna throw that up right now. <laughs> And Lion King, so. but Gosh. Okay. I did. Uh, I did. I really did enjoy Cruella. Um, I was actually talking to my friend Shelby about this. That when, when they start to do like some of like the character, um, like the the movie reimaginings, um, some they just go word for word, or they just go scene by scene, and it's like, ugh. 
With Cruella, it was totally different because, and we're, we're alluding to the blank canvas, maybe putting some dots and spots on there. Um, but this whole blank canvas of like starting from a new character's perspective, like I loved it. I, I loved that I had nothing else to go off of and it was really cool. Um, so yeah, that's where I stand. Like these, these original type of ones, they are a lot better in my opinion, like Maleficent, uh, Cruella, the ones that are just like, you know, same old, same old. I, I, I appreciate them. I appreciate the twists that they, they do. Um, some of them I do really enjoy. Some of them I'm like, nah, I could have not watched this. Um, but Cruella, yes, top of the list so far. Okay. And I like I like how we're we're alluding to our bigger conversations down the line for this podcast. So I'm I'm glad we're uh, uh, foreshadowing a little bit. Uh, my my best to not say Those who listen to us, we're not scripted. We promise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> oh goodness. So my last thing I want to just touch upon with Cruella. You know, we mentioned how it's more of an original film. We're looking at the we're not doing a retread of literally like uh script for script and we're getting an original film using the lesser known characters but does some of it not work as in yeah you have a source material being the original animated film or whatnot does that hinder the film at all knowing that it has to i guess eventually get to a certain point within the timeline of the original film especially when you have because Cruella is essentially a prequel where, you know, you're setting up the character to go down this path. So does any of those elements not work for Cruella? How do y'all feel about that? Knowing, you know, is, is she going to be the fur dog killing machine that she's portrayed in the other films? Is that where we're heading? Does that work against the film? Or how do you think it, it works as far as playing to the original film script. So I think it actually, it kind of helped in its favor. So during like the 60s and 70s, there were a lot of um, revolutions in fashion, right? So um, within the fashion industry, they wanted to break outside of the norm of everyday attire. And so that's when some of these fashion walks started to really take off. And um, with that being said, I think, you know, Cruella having her desire to stand out in fashion in, in that time period, I think it was actually pretty, pretty cool. Um, and it was, it's also very interesting, and I know we'll probably talk about this later, but the duality within Cruella as a character, where she was always known to have the black and white hair, right? But in a way, you also see the duality within like her as like, you know, a person who has maybe multiple personality disorders and someone who has, you know, that split between the two, you know, types of people that she has to portray herself and during the 70s um those mental health issues weren't necessarily talked about it wasn't you know something that was really understood so i think you know having the the time period it play in effect i think was pretty cool do i think maybe everything was 100 percent historically accurate probably not like having cameras in a mansion and you know all that stuff like it Eh, maybe not, but it was still pretty cool. I, I really did enjoy the placement of um, Cruella in the time history, I guess. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take an angle, um, kind of building off what Darth said, and I'll take an angle from a different approach, actually. 
Um, and I like the originality. It's not perfect. You know, it still has its areas where it still has its Disney magic of how they're breaking in and all that stuff. You know, suspension of belief, your usual things, right? Um, and, and interesting that they focus on the fashion. I wonder how they're going to build on the fashion element of it in the Disney realm. Because I don't think we even scratched the surface of like, you know, Disney itself is like, became like you enjoy it and you want to wear it Mickey ears and stuff like that. But to actually focus on a character um, in the fashion realm, I think is something they can explore a lot deeper. But my thing with the original story is this. It's going to be really tough. Um, and I think, Grandmaster, you told me that, the, that a second one is already in talks due to how the buzz is. It's going to be really tough to still finish or catch up in the timeline of where we first knew Cruella to be. Um, and that is her being one dimensional. I mean, now we're learning that, you know, she has more depth because they're adding more depth. But still, there's still going to be a level of disconnect and disinterest in, you know, where she ends up, uh, particularly on the spectrum of evil. Uh, and there's a whole separate discussion to go about, you know, animal, you know, villains that come after, you know, animals or other creatures, um, as opposed to like a, a, a joker or something like that that might, you know, be murderous in a different type of way, right? Um, which is a whole separate discussion, whether right or wrong in that. But I think if they want to really blow, like, the lid off, like, really, like, do something different, I view it as an alternate timeline, like, in my head already. Like, as in, like, as we progress through this Cruella story, that we don't get the same end result. That they actually go a little bit further away from what we expect Cruella to be. And they kind of did it. They kind of did it in the movie already. Because we all were on the seats. I mean, not saying I really wanted to see it, but I'm on the seat like, okay, what's going to... Is she going to kill... Is she going to kill a dog in this movie? That question did gonna, come up in the movie, yeah, too. Is, yeah, is Disney going to go there? And then they did a little fake out, you know, in between it, right? He right. did. When she's wearing the fake fur, and they didn't even confirm it till a little bit later. So even then, you're like, "Well, how do I feel now?" Because she's wearing it. Like, did she really get there already? Um, and then by the end, you realize that they don't even they don't even really give you that. They don't really get there. Um, so if a part two is coming out or a continuation to what's next, it's like I'd rather them just not even go there. I'd rather them actually go outside the box and say, "Okay." Let's focus on the elements of this character that we built and kind of like, you know, I'm a little spotty with, now I feel like every time I say a word with spot or dots, it's going to be. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Um, uh, Dr. Fits. J started that. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, Mel Lipson, for example, is she like really a villain at this point, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like might as well take it a step further and like kind of just focus on the elements of maybe fashion. Kind of like Dar said, pushing the elements of fashion. What if they go outside the box and, you know, for example, what if fur becomes really popular? And she goes out the box and try to do stuff that's not fur. What if she turns An into anti -fur. that like anti-fur? I think yeah. that makes her character even more interesting. And I think there's nothing wrong with switching up some of these old stories because these old stories are dated. Some of these Disney old stories are dated from a Very villain true. and from even a hero standpoint. It's dated. And we've seen it in live action with, I mean, even in the Latin, they kind of switched up Jasmine's story beat a little bit, not to switch over to different areas, but, um, and it didn't completely land in my opinion, but I think 
that attempt is something around that they can go ahead and try to dive into because who's going to care if they change Corella's story really we didn't care for it to come so if they changed it and keep building off momentum you know why would we be upset with that what do we sound like? like oh she's not over here like trying to take out dogs uh, how dare she there are some people who feel that way she really? should just be evil and trying to kill dogs well, I don't know, because I mean, like, all, you, you do have the reimagining of Maleficent, right? Where Maleficent, she didn't end up really turning into a dragon and try to eat, you know, Prince Charming or whatever his name is, um, Philip. Um, it's, it's a total reimagining. So now you have this character who was hated from Sleeping Beauty to now being more of like a, oh, I do appreciate her. Look at her cheekbones. You know, like, there's a totally different, like, reimagining of the villain in a way from like from a different perspective that's not necessarily um like i don't know like it they don't necessarily have to be the villain from the original animation and i think what rosa crafter was saying it's it, it it's cool to see like the evolution of some of these characters right of seeing these old outdated stories kind of be reimagined to today's time so and it's been done before i mean they did it with little mermaid i mean the original stories they pull from i mean they're pretty dark right these burn brothers tale they've done it before yeah, right and they got really successful off of it so i mean you're not even reinventing the wheel here in my opinion right you're just I, evolving i guess going off of what rose was saying earlier that, that was kind of the vibe i got too I, I felt like this was like a different uh like an alternate timeline so to speak with uh uh dalmatians because like I, I know a lot of people i guess i follow a lot of negative people on social media but uh <laughs> people were like you know bashing like they were ignoring all the good parts about the movie and they were saying like uh oh they're they're, they're trying to humanize someone that eventually she's gonna you know kill animals for for fashion for, for the sake of fashion and from the movie i just it, it was such an original take on a character that really didn't have a backstory before i don't really see it lining up with wh where we were in the animated movie or the book you know i i see like i feel like they could go in a, in such an original direction that you don't have to have all these live action adaptations tie into your original films and in a way that's i, I kind of alluded to it earlier that's probably why i got really bored with aladdin um i just I, I love the original so much and the live action one is just telling the same story, just live action. They they have some original moments in there, but it it's more or less the same thing. And by like I think by the first hour I was like, oh God, it's still going. <laughs> I kinda <laughs> want it to end. Um And you know what's what's kinda cool too is that like I think Cruella really took off because and me and my roommate Kaylee, we talk about this a lot. Um, we love villains, you know. We actually really do enjoy the Disney villain yes. side of things, and we're we're also starting to see a lot of villains pop up even in Disney merchandise and like around the parks and stuff. So there's like they're kind of capitalizing on the villainous side, and I don't think Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King they didn't do so well because all right, here's another hero story. Like, here's the hero, you know, saving the day or winning the whatever. With the villains, you're like, yeah, like, let's see, like, the villains do something. Let's see their character arc. Let's see their Zuko moments, you know? Like, let's see their their transition through, like, different things that are happening in their life and then seeing how, you know, they make their decisions. And not everybody's going to choose the right path, but they're going to get to, you know, a destination somehow. So 
I think the, seeing these villain stories is pretty cool. Um, and it's totally capitalizing on what's in right now. Um, we're seeing, you know, some fun stuff like happening. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of funny because I'm seeing on Twitter a lot where people are like, let's see this person's backstory. And it's like, you know, random people from different movies. And I, let's get yeah. Jafar's backstory. No, they'll, they'll be saying some ludicrous villains. Uh, not even Disney villains. They're just uh, Ursula. Oh, no, they're just going all over the place. They'll say something like, oh, let's see Darla Dimple's backstory from Cats Don't Dance. <laughs> yes. Why did she become an animal, uh, an animal animism type racism towards animals in Hollywood type stuff? Um, but, you know, summing up everything what y'all said, I think y'all all raised some really good points. Like, uh, we don't we don't want to see the same stories told over and over again. And, uh, you know, here we are getting these original stories in. They are very dated, uh, the source material. Like, I never even thought about, uh, as Darsh mentioned, you know, she's got some duality. Maybe she is suffering from, you know, some split personality going on and those are things those are like taboo topics back in the 60s and 70s there's a there's very much a you know if you were suffering from certain disabilities and whatnot you're highly looked down upon and not helped out by society so maybe Corella was just one of those victims and here we are exploring those from a, a wider perspective because we uh, ourselves you know are more woke than people in say like the 60s who were writing these things who happened to actually all be uh you know predominantly white so you know the lens and the scope is very narrow but um i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and switch gears because y'all already are alluding to it and i want to keep this momentum going let's just talk about villains moving forward as far as do we care if you're going to present us a remake or an adaptation of a Disney film we don't necessarily want the same story um, as y'all said with Aladdin Aladdin definitely uh, Dr. Jace you said had moments of you know something new versus an entirety of something new right. and the villains and here the villains do offer uh, more new than original I'm sorry more new than a retread so but are we okay with so my first question would be then are we okay with giving the whole let's make the villain a good character as far as like the more the moralities of the villain were actually sh were actually good just shrouded in this just darkness i guess do we want to see uh, basically the villains become good because right now i'm rooting for corella uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I was rooting for Maleficent too. So, well, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, what is a villain? You know, if not just a different perspective on the narrative that's being explained. So, and you know, Doctor Jace Attorney, you're a lawyer. You understand that you know, getting different sides, getting the perspectives. <laughs> um, we're looking at these movies and we're seeing, you know, oh, were they really the bad guy, or was it the per the storyteller who was describing them as a bad guy i like seeing all these perspectives i like seeing the villains you know it's i yeah i think it's great it's interesting i, I feel like it, i mean even if you go outside the scope of disney for example there's already been a pattern of, of people enjoying 
villains in general. It's like this, you know, psychological thing that disconnects you from yourself or explores the dark ends of yourself, as some psychologists would say. Um, and that's always been a thing. But I don't know, it's interesting because um, antiheroes have been big too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and antiheroes is like a step outside of villain. Like it's that in between, that grayish area. Um, that hero crossing the line, yeah. That hero crossing the line or somebody somebody who you didn't expect to be a hero uh, crossing the line into a hero mode of doing things like that. Um, and it's really interesting. It's became more popular. Um, you know, you have your, if you look outside, you have, you, you've had your Deadpools. Um, and even if you step outside of heroes and just explore tough topics like mental health, Joker, for example, when they mm. did the Joker, um, as tricky as it was, it, it really explored a different aspect um, of that villain's character. Um, not saying that people wanted to be Joker, but I think before that, people just looked at Joker in a different way as far as um, being a, even a Harley Quinn, for example. It's just all these levels of anti-heroes and villains that you human humanize, I think is the great better word for it. Do we want to keep seeing villains be humanized? And I think the answer is that they are humans, so... <laughs> You know, most of them. So, um, so why not humanize them to a point where at least you see the gray area? And I think Cruella, you see the gray area because she's not necessarily a hero, by say, right? She's done some stuff that's legally not right, you know, in the movie. Um, and she's made some questionable decisions, but it's so gray to you, um, and it becomes more humanizing. Um, then okay, it's just a one-directional villain, or point A is going to get to point B. Now you have all this in between that makes you think, and we've already seen that in movie culture, and I think TV culture anyway. So I think, I think it's still, I think it's always going to still be prevalent because we as humans connect to things that okay relate to humans, emotions, feelings, situations. No matter who the character is, that's what makes you jump into a movie. I mean, we enjoy the acting because the feeling of it, right? If somebody. If you had an animated Corella, for example, and you couldn't really convey emotions like that, would you even look at the movie the same, right? So, um, I got lost in the sauce. I don't even remember the original question, but I think <laughs> it's still, re- I think it's going to be pretty relevant and still pretty warranted to bring in these villains and give them a story. But you have to be intentional and specific with it. You can't try to humanize everything because then it gets tricky, especially for I think Disney brand is going to have a trickiest because it's Disney. Mm-hmm. But they've already been experimenting in general. We've talked Wanda. We've talked Marvel. Um, it's been hit and miss with stuff. Remember, we, John Walker's a great area, and they kind of weirdly executed him being great. <laughs> Remember near the end of uh, yes. Soldier and Captain America? It was kind of weird. They dropped understood. the ball on that one, kind of. Um, but I think people are still going to come and tap into that dark side of these people because they have more stories that connect to the stuff that people might not want to oh talk about because it's disney it's heroes it's glossy you know let's go darker let's go deeper um, they, they don't they don't they want to keep it kind of cookie cutter some don't want to broaden that scope uh dr jace you can uh open this one up do you want those gray areas or do you enjoy a villain who's just pure villain you know the Saturday morning cartoon ask. Let's take over the world. No, no actual idea of what that looks like, but let's go take over the world. Where do you stand? You know, I I kind of like. Honestly, I was 
a little disappointed when they did the fake out at the end because you know with the dalmatian killing because i i mean i thought we actually went there where you know she she did go over the deep end. i'm like oh wow so even though i was sympathizing with this character early on now i'm questioning do i still sympathize with her because she just didn't wake up one morning and say i hate dalmatians i want to make fur coats out of them she was pushed to that edge like she was in a room with the dogs that killed her mom yeah. and and you know and these are you know they're, they're they're savage you know little beasts and i i thought when she killed him i'm like oh man do i i mean at the same time the dogs don't really know any better but like do i feel sorry for her like it it, it made me question it but then the fake out happened i'm like oh okay so i she she didn't really kill the dogs. I guess I'm I'm on Cruella's side still um, because it's it's unfair for her. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say put more of the gray areas in um, just so that you can question if you're on the side of the villain or not. Because you know what are villains but but fallen heroes, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I know this is off topic, but. You know, Naruto did this a lot <laughs> where <laughs> no villain woke up one morning and said, I'm going to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> they, <okay. laughs> they got pushed to that. They got pushed to that um, that state. So I put, put in more gray areas. And I, I think I think that also raises the question, you know, was Cruella a special circumstance? Because Disney's going back and doing live action adaptations of, you know, the OGs. Right. So. You're Aladdin. Uh, I think Hercules is in the works. Um, Hercules Lion is King. in the works, yeah. Right. I and so. I I wonder if Cruella was like a special exception where, where they're like, oh, wait, we already did a live action uh, adaptation of these movies. Do we really want to do another one? Let's do something different. And then maybe that's how Cruella got put on the table. And that's why they went in that direction. Um, and... And also, like with Maleficent, you know, we don't, we didn't have a live action adaptation of anything with Sleeping Beauty yet. So, how is Disney gonna handle this moving forward? I guess because they don't seem to be going towards like as much as I, <laughs> I want a Jafar movie. I guess I want an Ursula movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! But but you know they they kind of already did live action well i i guess not little mermaid yet but you know some of the other ones like lion king we're not gonna get a scar movie we're not gonna get a jafar movie so i don't know did the balls in disney's court hopefully cruella did well enough um but yeah i guess we'll we'll see i'll raise you because like in aladdin aladdin had the opportunity to i don't think jafar necessarily needs a movie uh However, Aladdin, the live action adaptation, had an opportunity to give Jafar more backstory. And they actually even alluded to it in that film. They said Jafar, you know, kind of had a one on one with Aladdin. He said, you know, I was a street rat, too. I grew up on the streets just like you. And I, you know, I wanted power. I climbed the ladder and I did what I had to do to get to where I am today. And that was it, though. Except for he pickpocketed Aladdin in the middle of the streets, showing that oh he still got his street rap moves. But they could have just you know, I I I I'm not that I write fan fiction, but I said how cool would it have been if Jafar was this like legendary street rat 
who Aladdin and his friends looked up to, right? Growing up. And then Aladdin finds out, oh, he's actually the evil guy that trapped me in the Cave of Wonders with no way out. You know? That would have been really cool. But they didn't do that. Yeah. So I want to open up now. I mean, I don't think every villain is deserving. Who do you find deserving? Who do you want to see? Hold on. Before we we get off the topic of Aladdin, I really just want to bring up um, an interesting point is that when we are watching some of these like Disney animated movies, we don't necessarily see the female side of some of these characters, of like the backstory of some of the females in the Disney movies, um, other than like the main protagonist. So um, I think what what they wanted to do is maybe not give too much credit to Jafar, but give a little bit more of a spotlight to Jasmine, right? We're seeing Cruella, her, her backstory. We're seeing some of these other females so like, you think it's a reverse of minimum minimizing the female characters and making them one note you know they're in love with the protagonist right giving yeah. them more of that that background right so we're seeing maleficent cruella you know maybe we're going to be seeing a, an ursula you know more focused little mermaid movie you know but I, don't, I don't think you can't you can do that and still not you still get backstory to the villain yeah i think aladdin live action is they tried to do that too and i actually enjoyed that update that they tried to do with jasmine i enjoyed the concept of it i don't think they executed it as well particularly with that movie speechless is terrible aladdin. speechless is terrible speechless that's separate God, oh, I hated that scene. Video, that video. scene. Yeah, that scene is terrible. Oh my goodness. But um, it's, it's kind of cool to see like the ladies kind of um, get a little bit of a deeper dive. And you know, I was while we were talking, I was kind of going through that list of like kind of like Disney movies and seeing like, all right, what Disney villain or what side character do I want to see a backstory of? And growing up, one of my favorite Disney movies was The Sword in the Stone. Um, where it especially it's like like that one battle scene with Merlin Morgana Le Fay, like it was Madam was, Nymph, Madam Nymph. Madam Nymph, you're right, Madam Nymph. It'll be cool to see like those like t- side of like the stories of like the magic behind that and that type of stuff. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll see some other like cool villain characters or side characters get their own movie. Maybe we'll have an Iago movie. No, what the Iago. Heck? Make it make Aladdin. sense. Man. Make it make Why sense, are you though. Doing? All right, so make sense. Jafar was a street rat. Iago was his best buddy that was magically turned into a parrot because Jafar wanted power. And so. Right, that's that's make still Jafar's movie. And... That's not Iago's movie. <laughs> but you cannot Jafar's have an Iago still. movie without Jafar. So yeah, no. you have to mention. I'm just, no, I'm, I, I know. So in, in like lieu of, you know, uh, Cru- Cruella, you know, you got Jasper and Horace. You can't have a Cruella story without. Or two main buddies, Jasper and Horace. You know, so if you do a Jafar movie, yeah, Iago's got to play uh, a part for sure. I mean, I think Rose, wait, Rose, you were building to a point. Uh, did you get cut off? Oh, I, I don't know what point I was building to. Oh, um, but pertaining to the question itself um, that you just asked, the, the last question you just asked, mm-hmm. I don't, with me particularly, I don't really think much about it. Like, I enjoy Disney stuff and watching stuff, but like when stuff pops up, it's like mm, maybe I'm interested, maybe I'm not, and then I end up watching it, and then I just get surprised or I go in with an expectation that's not too high. There's not a there's not a top list of villains that like come to mind when I think in the Disney realm off the top of my head that should pop up. I think 
Hades. It's interesting. You said Hades? Interesting. Hades. Hey, uh, what? Well, okay. But here's my thing, though. Here's my thing, though. When you go into, like, the Greek stuff, and even with Hercules, uh, it's been done a lot. So even with Hercules and, like, Hades yeah. and Greek stuff, like, I, I kind of go in, like, just not... I'm like, let me not even try to give hype or anything, because we've seen so many iterations of a Hercules and even of a Hades and things like that. So these are that's these backstory on. I think any villain who's a major fool or a major like trying to take out the protagonist in a movie, I mean, there's opportunity there to explore their story. Um, there's a couple favorite one-off characters that we all like, but. Can you be original enough to build off something that is going to be enjoyable? Scar. Yeah, I actually agree. I think Scar would be a great. I think you're probably going to say Scar, huh, Grandmaster? But um, Scar, hands down. I, I agree. I think it would be interesting to actually. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it'd be interesting to see us backstory on Scar. I think you can get really original and really fun with it. Um, but other than that, I kind of just I'm, at this point I'm just sitting back and saying, all right, what? What you know? What tricks you got up your sleeve this time, Disney, to figure out what movies in general? So they're gonna try to sell merch. I've already seen Corella merch. Yeah, being uh-huh. pushed. I know you've seen it. I know you're a Disney goer. Yeah, it's I went the to store. a box lunch the other day. Uh, put on the, you know, you can put on the dress. You can wear a lunchbox. I'm like, <laughs> which is why it should probably update. They should keep it gray and keep updating the uh, the beat because imagine you're a kid loving this iteration of Corella now with a dress and. <laughs> Then you grow up, you'll be traumatized. I don't know. Uh, so I, I imagine this scenario: an old man coming up to a little girl. You know she killed puppies, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're worshiping a, an evil woman. Go to church. You know, I don't, <laughs> something like that. But yeah, I think Scar is the most deserving. And I and I I must say this: Disney's a uh, foray in. Uh, Let's call it their uh, their uh, their subconscious racist culture needs to be pointed out. Yes. Ursula is the only purple mermaid creature. Fair point. That means she has to have been ostracized by the white mer people that we have seen. She has to have been. I want that story. I want to know her personal relationship with King Triton. I want to know what happened to the other octopus mer people. Were they genocide? Did King Triton's father say get rid of them? They're dangerous. And Dr. Jace, I know this is the your favorite types of stories. You the ludicrous. How extreme can we take this? Would you like to see that story? If I want to see if Ursula's race was genocide by King Triton and a little mer. You know what? Not saying that out loud. Yeah, that. That that would be an interesting take uh, on on something as outrageous as that. Um, I, 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 you know, at that point, where do you stop? Well, let's do a flounder backstory. Let's oh my do god! A, okay. you, uh, you, oh, oh, that's you where you draw it. the line. No, you yes, <laughs> flounder. He's a fish. Ursula's flounder an story. Flounder story is near the same as Nemo's story. His whole family got eaten by a barracuda, and that's it. But you see, that's what we know so far. It, before well, Cruella's movie, you would have said she's just a fashion designer that wants to kill Dalmatians. How, how are you going to make a, a movie point. about that? You don't making a fair point. Nobody would have said the same so, thing uh, wait, about Cruella. Rose, you agreeing you want a flounder 
Uh, I mean, I, I didn't ask for Flanner, but I also didn't ask for Corella, so I can't refute him in that. Exactly. Pre-Cruella time, pre-Cruella time period, I would agree that, yes, a Flounder movie would be ridiculous, outrageous even. But seeing how well they did Cruella, imagine the originality they can do with flounder i mean i say if they do a flounder over ursula that's just disappointing they might as well go that ridiculous i can't with you i know we're all joking about having a flounder movie but come now, on. he's not joking well we're not all joking. joking next up he's gonna want a miko the raccoon movie from oh, cool. what was miko's no it would not yeah he was definitely you know what was his perspective on colonialism yes like, what did what did he see from the colonial <laughs> no he lives no. in the wild. They're cutting down his trees. He's like the Lorax. It could be a take on the Lorax. Or Fern Gully, or Avatar, or Dances with Wolves. They're Grand, all the same. Grandmaster, the, mo the more you say no to these characters and explain the why, I, the more you present opportunities to how a story could happen. You, yes, exactly. Because you could have like, said oh, the same. What are they going to do? They're going to speak of colonialism? Possibly. Actually, yeah. That's a, that's a really yeah, I guess they could. Yeah, I guess you could. Oh, my. That's not... So you're saying... Dissenters like me for characters such as Flounder and Miko are the reasons why we get these films. Yes, exactly. The, the dissenting opinions fuel the creativity that goes into these films. Boom. Yeah. Because you could have said the same thing about Cruella with, oh, what what kind of story are you going to tell? Uh, an Ocean's Eleven movie? A Double Wears Prada? There's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing. And then bam, look at us talking close to an hour about this magnificent film Cruella All what, right. I will, what I will say is that they um, with the villains that they take there's a centric and there's villains with characteristics that just like even though they're evil you just like enjoy watching right and so the, I think those are great opportunities and I think that's probably what made Cruella stick out I mean Glenn Close helped produce it right like yeah she did uh huh which I didn't realize until you told me so that's that's interesting. She probably was like, this character is so out there and so like, so many interesting beats that let's recreate and take these interesting elements and then kind of like wipe away some of the... Eh, what is she involved in? She she helped produce Cruella. Glenn oh, Close. I mean like, like what are some of her other works? I'm actually not familiar. Oh, Glenn Close, well she's an Academy Award winner. Uh, don't mean, goodness. Okay. Oh, she's almost. She almost Close got the, the main e guy. Thing. She was. She was Cruella in the live action. Yeah, yeah. she was Cruella in the live action. Yeah. yeah. Oh, neato. Yeah, it's very neato. Um. So I'm. Mean, yeah. Just I. You know. Just having her involved means they respected her portrayal. You know, and I and I believe she also like came to them and said, "Yo, let's do this. Let's make this a thing." Uh. Because there's a lot more story left to be told. And so I wouldn't be surprised if she had a hand uh, in like casting Emma Stone and choosing Emma Stone. Like that would not surprise me at all. Uh, but you know, you go, so. You go original with Scar, or do you stick to the same timeline with Scar? Because eventually Scar's not to take out. Scar's got to take out. There's some things you can't get away That's from. That's going to be tricky. That's, you know, they got to. Because Corella actually never got to skinning the Dalmatians so there's a lot of wiggle room in her story Scar has there is no Lion King without Scar committing fratricide yeah. the, like, 
That's not lying anymore. You got to keep if that you, story beat. You have to. If you give us a scar where he's like, I don't know, he accidentally dropped Mufasa off the cliff into the wildebeest stampede. He actually was trying to help him up when he clamped his claws on, and he really meant long live the king. He said long Mufasa, live the king, and he tried to pull him up, but Mufasa's dumbass let go of the rock. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was his fault. What yeah. a story be. <laughs> you can even talk about how when anger is presented into an equation, how you see red and you can't even make logical decisions. You push your brother off a cliff. Ah, exactly. Uh, there Going you go. Deeper Scar- into, Scar- you know, the mentality behind things. Scar's, Scar's been just a victim of mental uh, anger. health and anger. He's been he's a victim of anger management. Their father pushed Scar to be something he's not. And that's how he got the scar. He that's, it. that's interesting, actually. Because with Scar, I, you, you most likely need to stick to that timeline to keep the whole line thing storage. I mean, you could deviate, but you're, you're kind of making it tougher for yourself if you deviate from that particular one, I think. So that's yeah, interesting. I, that's I, an I, example where you got to stay and, you know, you got to eventually meet to the point that we all know. That, yeah, that one you have to, he has to be, he's the villain of the story. He's not misunderstood. I think it's really, he's just kind of that pure evil it could still be misunderstood though no i mean he, no he's misunderstood but to the point where you know he's committing murder yeah. at that point you know there was no turning back corella deville was just kind of obsessive in nature and you know she was thwarted you know but she, yeah. i wouldn't necessarily say she's murderous she's a product of her time skinning animals wasn't necessarily you know, problematic, but uh, here, listen, we're going, we're having fun with these conversations, and I hope the audience gets to have fun <laughs> with our little, uh, <laughs> our little tangents. But um, you know, let me just go ahead. I think we've covered most of the beats I wanted to talk about, but um, let me just uh, wrap it up with like one little final question. Y'all could give your overall thoughts. So, with the live action adaptations as a whole. What is it that y'all want? You can just close it out like that. Is it you want pure childhood nostalgia where you retread the steps? Or do you want more original takes on our beloved stories? And as a whole, do you think they've been doing a good job? Or are we? is it really kind of unbalanced right now as far as there's more bad outings with these live action adaptations than there are good outings. Uh, Darcy, you can go ahead and kick that off. All right. So, yes, I think they're doing a good job. Are they going to make mistakes? Yeah. Is it going to be perfect? No. But, yes, I think they're doing a good job. I would like to see the nostalgia, but I also like to see the perspectives. So, give me nods to some of the original stuff. Bring back some, you know, memories and childhood, you know, viewings. But also give me kind of like that refresh you know perspective on some of these characters so i think they're doing a great job and i'm gonna pass it along to rose yeah kind of to the similar b um i don't want to say they're doing a great job but i think they're heading in a great direction now i think overall it's been an up and down job but if you include the series too in the marvel universe i know that's a tricky thing if you also include that um, with how they're trying to go a little original. Um, I don't have any criterion or criteria, just 
get a creative mind in there and let them let them go wild and we'll just see what happens because that's really what's going on now is that we're just seeing what happens so i'm not going to give them a new formula to work with i hope they don't turn into just new formulas i think their new formula should be just put it in the room and see what what magic what real magic actually happens in the story so I'm just going to let myself be surprised. I don't have any expectations other than them to keep pushing the envelope in these stories. So that is an expectation. All right. And, and I agree uh, too. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, low, low expectations on all of these. That's that's what I went in with Cruella and I, I came out pretty pretty satisfied with how it came out. So Some silly story beats more than others, but overall I was like, wow, I, I, I was actually wide awake throughout this whole movie because it was good so be creative um and uh just go the route of originality i'm i, I don't want to see another nostalgia filled live action movie i've seen aladdin had its work cut out for it because i already love the original so live action cut cookie cutter copy paste type of movie had an uphill battle and to me it didn't meet that so cruella Keep the originality in there and the creative force and uh and the nods keep the nods for us keep, keep the nods yeah i mean even like the ending it. with cruella they, they they did keep a nod to it where it's like oh yeah these are this is the i mean i don't remember the names but that's how the original 101 dalmatians started off um so keep the nods in there keep keep them minimal but overall just you know be original and i guarantee you it will pay back in dividends uh, fair enough fair enough uh yeah wrap things up yeah i think i'm i'm team let's push the envelope let's take the sources and let's update them for a modern audience let's you know explore some areas that weren't explored before but you know keep in mind there is a fan base that grew up with these films give them some homage that they can hold on to and but understand there's a new audience out there and we want more takes on what it is with these characters in a more modern perspective so i'm i'm for it i thoroughly enjoy cruella i would love to see an ursula film but i mean they already and got flounder the, shut up <laughs> uh, i mean they already got the little mermaid uh currently being uh, it's currently working, being worked on right now with uh, my girl uh, Hallie, Hallie Bailey from Chloe and Hallie. So, uh, but you know, gentlemen, I appreciate y'all waking up this morning, coming on, talking about this again. I think we owe this demographic. I know they're out there, and I, I think they'll be happy that we covered this. And I imagine uh, whenever the next Disney adaptation comes out, we might update uh, our thoughts. And whatnot. So, uh, hey, Uncle Table, that's what we're about. Talking about these things. Working in the culture of film, TV, and all that jazz. So, uh, Dr. Jace, uh, you got anything more to say before we close out? No, I would say we covered everything. You know, give me that Flounder movie, give me that Sebastian movie, and I think we're going to be set with, uh, you know, a good Iron Man scenario to kick off this. Uh, you know live action villain cinematic universe okay i'm glad you're closing on a troll note but thank <laughs> you anyways uh, well everyone thank you for tuning in for our latest edition of the yonko table 
again, I'm your host, Grandmaster Hoop, with me as always, uh, Dr. Jace Attorney. And of course, shout out to Darce and shout out to Rose the Crafter for joining us this morning. But uh, don't forget to rate uh, and follow. Yes. And subscribe and review. Yes. Let us know your thoughts. Yes. We'd love to hear them. Yonko Table on Twitter at Yonko Table and our Facebook. Go check it out. Uh, without further ado, uh, Yonko Table signing off. Take care, everybody. Me too. <laughs>